0: Welcome to Accountability, where we exist to give you learned truths and live experiences from deep inside the spiritual online business space.
1: This is where opinionated people come to speak their piece without judgment, attacks, or cancel culture looming on the doorstep.
0: Our emotions have been
1: brewing. It's time to spill the tea.
0: All right, Katie, today's the big day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nervous about this. Maybe nervous isn't the right word, but like I have a lot of uh, feels and emotions and like anticipation about this episode. It's a big one.
1: It's such a massive topic and it's so controversial
0: mm-hmm. and everyone's going
1: to have opinions on it.
0: Oh, definitely. We're talking about masculine and feminine polarity teachers, coaches, topic as a whole, and we'll get kind of granular. And while it's a topic that I don't know a ton about it. I've been right. behind the scenes of some, some people who teach this. I've been in spaces with people who teach this. But I'm not like deeply submerged in this world. So like disclaimer, this is like a lot of opinions that are going to be being thrown around. These aren't necessarily
1: facts. Like, agree. This is going to be more <laughs> personal based for the things that we see happening in the spaces. And for the things that we've maybe experienced in some groups or Mm -hmm. behind some teachers, but it's definitely more of like our opinions coming out, especially as we see this going more mainstream. Like it's kind of like we still consider spiritual business world to be like a, you know, an off segment of society. Like it's not society in general. It's like this this the sub-society. We still consider kink to be a sub-society. So while those are big portions of society this is now like mainstream with like 19 year olds talking about it on tiktok and so that's why it's so massive as well like we're gonna start within the realms that we know but we also might touch base on some of the ways that it's kind of permeating the general masses right now so a la andrew tate yeah a la andrew tate as one example (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so where to begin I, I'm happy to begin with. Like for me, I look at everything from like this anthropological angle. Yes, right? you do. I do, and so this might be boring. So Gwen's going to cut me off when it relates, <laughs> because this is like my jam, and this is where I get really geeky and excited. But I could talk for hours just on the history and why. Okay, you
0: you got like five ten minutes for damn. the
1: history recap. <laughs> This is going to be, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I should have prepared like a historical rap or something to like make people pay attention. Oh God. That's going to happen on tea time. No, I'm not (laughs) promising that, but it, it could, I'll have time. So let me start by saying that, like, this actually comes from a female led polarity teacher. And I don't know that she'd even consider herself a polarity teacher, but she definitely teaches polarity subjects and she definitely teaches it from a female perspective So, this comes from one of those women in the space who actually recently made a post talking about how there were never any female centric societies. We might have just perceived them as such, but every society has always been masculine centric or masculine led, right? Which, generally speaking, historians will argue with. And so, like, the difference, generally speaking, and I'm going to talk more and more recent history, but like, let's talk about the Puritans versus the Native Americans. Native Americans, generally speaking, Might be considered more of a female centric society. That's not because the men weren't still doing what's considered masculine things. They were providers and they were protectors and they definitely led the councils. Generally speaking, chief was generally a male, right? But in the Puritan society, there was no advocation for the female role at all, right? Like, yes, the females had roles. The females raised the children and they were part of the household. They were also legitimately looked like as the property of the male that they were married to at the time women were property so in a female-led society women were not property they had their own roles right like they were still raising the children they were still nurturing but they were still providing as well
0: there was they value
1: baskets there, there was equal value and because it wasn't about this uh, nowadays masculine led tends to be associated with progress right and let's even just talk of like a fictional slash non-fictional tale. I'm gonna go off of Pocahontas Disney just because it's gonna be a lot more relatable to people than actual Pocahontas story. But right, like the idea that Native Americans didn't value gold or what was underneath the earth because it was actually about what benefits society in general, right? What benefits the community and community base, that's considered female centric. Females generally are speaking are like the the community builders, the nurturers, right? That those are female considered attributes whereas puritans come in and if we go off the pocahontas movie right it's like they're savages because why wouldn't they care about progress why don't they care about these amazing buildings look at all the success that we have look at all these like modern marvels that we have like look at how basic they're living and why don't they care about you know money gold treasures all these things that their land might be hoarding right so I'll stop there and see if there's anything for you to add, because at least I worked Disney into it and it might've kept it semi-interesting.
0: <laughs> I have nothing to add yet. Okay. Like this is, this is your, your realm. You keep this is going. My, yeah.
1: Okay. So keeping going, I'm going to relate this into like sp- the spiritual business world today then, right? Okay. We have witches in the spiritual business world. People that call themselves witches, consider themselves witches for the longest time. And this is now a couple of years old. But one of the major things happening in the spiritual business world was suddenly everybody's a witch. Suddenly everybody's like their ancestors are witches, right? Like if you've made it into the space, it is now just declared that your ancestors were the witches that were burned or hanged, Mm -hmm. like period, Mm -hmm. point blank, period. Sorry, if you're here, your ancestors are witches. And so that typically comes from very, very, very now, right? The same women that are very social feminists, right? Like very much in the feminine thread, which we talked about a little bit last week as well so that same spectrum right which is super super like feminist right yep anti-polarity and that also comes back to like puritan days then right like these women were a challenge to the puritan way of being because they weren't property to anybody they weren't controlled by anybody it was very easy as a woman in those times to be destitute to be poor to be shunned to like that's why you had to remarry in a lot of cases or felt like you had to so if you weren't the the witch hunts definitely started with a lot of like and of course it just spread it became hysteria but it definitely started with like the single females right that were coming up with ways to have a place in society and earn money you know they they were the ones that did do alchemical potions or they were healers of sorts or you know they just didn't fit into the model that became a threat. Masculine, that society got rid of them. Right, that sets the tone for like in my mind everything that's happened like nineteen fifties since, and exactly where we are today. Do I keep going?
0: I I say you keep going because like it almost feels incomplete for you to not kind of like at least piece it, yeah, at least piece it together. Because when we talked prior to starting to record this, and you were breaking it down for me, like it took me a minute. And I was like, oh, okay. I see where you're going with this. Okay. Like till when you got to press So I feel like you, you owe the listeners <laughs> that. Yeah. Like tie it together.
1: Also, we're giving you little breathing points because I keep going back to Gwen. So like catch up with me. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go into like just 1900 and basic, right? And I, I'm I'm going to keep this as short as I possibly can, which is very, very difficult for me. So it's going to be incomplete. You just got to roll with it.
0: You want more go to tea time and she can
1: elaborate. Oh my God. I probably shouldn't though. Like I would just be there for an entire day and people would have (laughs) to like come in and out and be like, I'm going on break now. So just like 1900s in general, and I'm only talking about America now, right? Like, let's just say like early 1900s, right? Like there was the war women for the first time, really like, again, seriously went to work because the, the men overseas needed stuff, right? Like Women stepped into like factories and things to help out. Obviously, there was child labor at that time as well, blah, 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 blah. Right. And um, then all of a sudden, when all the men come home, it kind of goes back to like 1950s. And 1950s is like the idyllic TV household family. Right. And it's very what conservative mainstream would talk about like the family household today. Right. Women's mm-hmm. in the kitchen. She's raising the children. She doesn't have a job outside the home. Man works, comes home. He's doting and loving to his wife, but his wife essentially is submissive to him for the most part. Like what the man says goes and that's accepted. Okay. And that was, it was portrayed very idyllic for those times. Obviously the truth behind the matter is that at that time, like women in abusive relationships were really threatened. Women could not get pregnant without necessarily being, if, if they were unmarried, right. Without potentially Mm -hmm. having to give up the baby and be sent off to mm-hmm. a, a specific school or a specific psych facility so there are horrible things going on at this time as well but just talking i idyllicized ideas mm-hmm. um since 60s and 70s come and you get like not only all the civil rights movements all the hippie movements and all the free love and this goes back to female-centric like communes came back around right and like everybody was love is love and men have long hair and it's it's completely the difference from like man in business suit with short hair female long hair stepford wife right Mm -hmm. that um you have women's lib movements that are coming out of this right and they're coming out for the reasons that i started stating not only like is do women's and civil rights movements go hand in hand because in some ways they are both still being treated as property or not not as property as much but less than Mm -hmm. and they find voting rights for both groups only came about 1920s 1930s with suffragettes and and civil rights as well so you know sometimes people forget that it feels so far away but it really wasn't that long ago it was less than 100 years ago still and but when when not only did black people not have the right to vote but women did not have the right to vote women all women any color Mm -hmm. right in this in this country so that needs to be reminded to people because there's a reason that these things happened people fought for those rights women fought for those rights and again. There was a lot that was taken up against them. And there was a lot of resistance, right? And so in the 70s, that's continuing, right? Women's live movements are coming about. Conservative family ideals are still being held personal. And all of a sudden, you have this whole flip around in the 80s. And now everything is masculinized. And everything is about progress. It's that pendulum swing that we're talking about. again. Yeah. Like think of women from the 80s. they They chopped all their hair. It's short hair now. It's well beside you know there's also the crazy poofy perms but like chopped hair is totally normal big old shoulder pads like making you into a more masculine women's
0: business, suits business that suit, were super structured super like. structured
1: all the things right and now it's about like it's becoming more about wall street and progress and money and capitalism again mm-hmm. so then you get into the 90s and now it's fairly normal. Right. And like inflation isn't keeping up from the seventies, by the way, this is an important piece because in the seventies, the CEO really didn't make that much more than the average worker. And this is part of what enabled there to be a one income household and be pretty okay. You know, like they like to blame it on like millennials with avocado toast. It's so that's, you can blame part of like all the extras.
0: Millennials are not in a position at this point to have (laughs) made any decisions that are going to impact us like this. Okay. That's coming. Like my, right. my kid, my grandkids can blame us for shit when they're older, but like, oh, and they anyway, this is, this is not us, right? These decisions have nothing to do with millennials,
1: right? And so like, that's, that's kind of like a, a sub where it's like, okay, there's some validity in some of that, right? There are a lot of things that we believe that we need that are very expensive. Look at the lines for an iPhone, right? Like there's ways that we spend now that we didn't back then, but the honest truth is that you could afford a one income household. Back in the 70s, because the CEO wasn't making an exorbitant amount compared to the average employee, everybody was pretty level. And then this is before, you know, corporations were a human. I will not get into that. But that makes sense as well, because then fighting for the benefits of a corporation as a human does not benefit the humans working in the corporation because money is considered lifeblood. So now we're in the 90s, and now it's kind of normal for both parents to have jobs. Post mm-hmm. 80s, right? Like now that's kind of the norm. Then all of a sudden you get into the 2000s, and this is when divorce rates are definitely more of a norm now. Because growing up in Wisconsin in the 90s, divorce wasn't per se, I don't, but it was like in the middle of Wisconsin, divorce was not normal growing up in the 90s. It wasn't so like, oh my God, but it was like, wow, that's a big deal. Nowadays we know 50% of marriages end in divorce. And so in the 2000s, all of a sudden you have. First of all, we're all making a shit ton less in comparison to these CEOs, in comparison to these big companies, right? Like in general, generally speaking, mm-hmm. average workforce, both people have to work in order to maintain. That obviously doesn't leave a lot of room for raising children, intimacy. All of a sudden you get explosions of, you know, gun shootings and divorces and kids growing up without parents. And now there's the rise. I'm going all the way into the where we are now, like the rise in therapy. and mm-hmm. And now we're a completely almost genderless society. In large segments of the United States, where sometimes it's even being taught not, you know, use your pronouns and, you know, anybody can be this and sex organs don't determine whatever. So, to me, to wrap this back up, it is absolutely not shocking that we are equally seeing the opposite of that pendulum swing, like the opposite of no gender into, well, what's going to fix us? The idyllic Hmm. 1950s that we can all still remember enough. Of Leave It to Beaver and Brady okay. Bunch, and what's missing is the idea of honoring the family first, and we're going to fix this, putting women back in their place, forgetting all the issues that evolved from the fact that just because women and men have a place doesn't mean there's not going to be an abuse of power when mm-hmm. the roles are honored the same way. Okay, <sighs> there's my big exhale. <laughs> that is Katie Dorn history lesson today. Not saying it's 1 million percent accurate, but from the lens of Katie Dorn, that catches me up to like why I believe this is becoming more mainstream today and lets us lead into the problematic teachings that we are seeing and experiencing on honestly a more massive level than what I feel like we've seen in any recent years.
0: Well, I mean, part of that is because of social media and like the advancements in technology that we have. So those teachings are able to be spread the way that they are on a, on
1: a grander scale. 100%. Insert standard commercial. Hi, I'm Katie of Gwen and Katie. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to hit subscribe and head over to Iwantthetea.com where you just might inspire our next show topic.
0: And I'm Gwen. If that almost made you want to turn this off, we'll probably work well together. If you're an online business owner in need of someone to hold the big vision of your next project or guide you to the next steps of its fruition, you can find my current offerings at GwenTanaguchi.com. Yeah. So I'm curious, all of this to be said, I still don't even know where you actually stand on. And I'm curious because this will give me something to kind of riff on because mm-hmm. you know that like I have my thoughts. hmm but like, I know that there's problematic teachings. There's problematic teachings in fucking anything. Like we're, people, people love to fuck shit up.
1: <laughs> the saddest thing is, I don't even, it's not even intentional. I think no. 80% of the time, 10% it is. 10% you get manipulative people, narcissistic people, whoever it is that right yeah. there for their own game. The problem is 90% of the time, it is innocent people thinking they figured something out because they read something one time, one place. Or heard something one time, one place. And they were like, huh, that makes sense. Like, and then they roll with it. And they and roll that's with just it. true. And then they spit it as truth everywhere they go. And then everyone that hears it, there's enough people in the audience to go, huh, that rings true.
0: We have the Katie Dorn history lesson on how she thinks that we've got here. And I think that there's some truth in, in this. I really do. I follow a lot of these teachers in the online space. There's always been something with a lot of these men that are so boisterous outspoken on being masculine that seems so unmasculine to me oh my
1: gosh completely
0: actually it feels very anti-masculine because i really am of the mindset that like true masculinity is not something that's announced it's something that's felt it goes unspoken 100 it really is and no I have been around a lot of very masculine men that aren't abusive, that honor the woman. And it's just not something that they go around saying. They just don't go around talking about it. It's in how they act. It's in how they be. And so that's always been for me in regards to these coaches, like it just feels off. I, I don't know really how to articulate it. It just feels super off to me. I think
1: I know what you're saying. And to me, I think the issue comes from the second that you try to teach energy without showing it, without being mm-hmm. in the same space, Like the same way that we're indoctrinated as kids around the environment that we grow up in, and we will naturally take some of that on. If you're not being shown these things, if all that you're hearing is the way that you can try to articulate it in words when it's not a words thing, Mm -hmm. you're going to attract either dangerous people that are excited to capitalize on that. Like something I didn't include in my history lesson, right? The rise of the incels. Yeah, or just pissed off that they can't get women to have sex with them and they decide there's something wrong with females. Some of the polarity movement seriously feels like some I've... of the complaints of the incels. That is terrifying well, to me.
0: There's a lot of like making the woman wrong for everything. For everything. Like how they are is the is the problem. Correct. And they are the only ones that can provide the answer, which is problematic in and of itself. Because I saw this thing where somebody said, A woman can't teach about being feminine because being a teacher is masculine.
1: Which you and I know some powerful female teachers
0: in polarity. Oh, I know somebody who she would not classify herself as a polarity teacher, I don't think. Okay. But she definitely teaches about, yeah, like honoring the masculine. And first of all, let me like disclaimer this by saying I'm raising a son. Mm Mm-hmm. And I am all for men being masculine and leading Mm -hmm. and like what an actual gift it is to the world to have a man be in his like leadership, even as Aiden is 17 years old right now as I record this and watching how he shows up for his girlfriend and who he is with me and watching how he interacts with his girlfriend's mother it's humbling to watch him step into this this role, right? Like I'm not so I feel like I have to say this. Like I'm not man-hating, bashing on on any oh, of God. that, like random, like sub
1: thought. Okay. Milo's only four and a half, my son. Mm-hmm. And the way that he protects me, yes, beyond it's instinctual. It was not something that was taught. It was not something that was learned, unless it was learned by his father. I'm not sure. But like generally speaking, though. Like I, and I didn't experience that from his father that I felt, let me just disagree with that and not saying bad and bad things about his father. We have a great relationship, but the instinctual way that he protects me, that he protects his sister, that he steps in as the man. And he's done that since he was two. Mm -hmm. I am certainly like, I don't think you or I view masculinity as toxic.
0: No, not at all.
1: I view some polarity teachings as toxic.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I love men. Mm -hmm. I think a man that shows up in a protective way for his women, whether it's your wife, your sister, your girlfriend, your mother, like your neighbor, the stranger on the street, it doesn't matter. Like there's so many ways that men can demonstrate this. I work for people personally right now, Mm -hmm. as I record this, who demonstrate like female teachings in the most gracious sweetest loving way that could not be taught from my opinion by a man it would just not land right
1: there's it just wouldn't and and there's absolutely no way because if you experience this woman's teachings then even from somebody like me who like I don't consider myself incredibly feminine I know that about myself even if I were to embrace more of my feminine, I would still be very balanced. You know, mm-hmm. I would still say that I have a lot of masculine tendencies and I'm overall, a, you know, more masculine feminine, if you want to call that, we, which we have issues with as well. But like, I'll just throw it out there, right? <laughs> for now. We'll just leave that there for now. But in general, this woman, I mean, like you see her, you read her, you experience her. She is like, if there's somebody hundred percent in their feminine, it is this woman. It definitely feels that way. If you imagine somebody that literally like floats off the ground in like a nightgown and like has a glow, it's just like, it's not something that you see on the daily, right? The commitment to it and, and the embodiment. No, of she it. lives her work. She lives her work and there's nothing masculine about it. Yet the way that she's able to convey her thoughts is still teaching. It's, yes. she has plenty of stu- like it's, it works. It's just not the mm-hmm. way that you would expect it from any kind of male mentor which honestly a lot of these polarity male mentors they are so harsh they don't explain anything right like you almost need to beg for an explanation you have to be like would you be so kind since i'm a male, and word it in the exact right way in the way that they teach you only if you buy their books and go to their webinars by the way right like you must word it in the way that they've taught you to now talk as a female and if you need to know how to ask a question in their,
0: in their field, like
1: join, blah, it. blah, blah. You better buy Because it. that's the answer. Or you better hope that a different female steps in to help you out because that is not their role. Mm-hmm. You answer you, right? So many issues. i like, I almost have to go back with this as well. Because we started talking about like, you got into like how some men are teaching like you can't even be a feminine teacher, right? And that's just mm-hmm. complete bullshit. It does look different if you are a woman seriously, seriously in her feminine, it does look different. Now, if you or I were teachers, it's going to be very blended. I feel like both of us are very nurturing and both of us are very intuitive. And we have some of those aspects. We're also both a lot more blunt. We also both are very logical, which is considered a masculine. Totally. So it's going to look, I mean,
0: I've, I've always said that, like how obviously like if, there is such a thing as masculine and feminine and how you like life and live. Okay. When I'm running my business, it is all like it, it's as masculine as I guess, as you can be, I'm making decisions. I'm holding the reins for my clients. I'm holding the reins for my businesses. I'm making decisions. I have to be grounded in my decisions. It's very like tactical and thought out. There's also a part of this, like you said, like there's, there's decisions that I make though, even for my clients that are so intuitively led. Mm-hmm. And on the same hand of like, I have a couple businesses, right? And they're successful. And there was a bit of a like grind to make that happen. Okay. Right. On the polar opposite side of that, I am a mom who loves being a mom who is like the mamaist of mamas it has been and I feel like there's nothing better that I have done than raise my kids yeah it gets to be both yeah like these these teachers that spit this up as like fat the problem with how they're talking about this is the fact that they're saying this to young-minded women and you're they're, they're saying this and it's like, man, you are you can really shift the trajectory of of these young women's lives in like a not very positive way, in my opinion. Because there are gifts that women have that should be brought to this world. It just looks different sometimes right. than the way that a man brings his shit to the world. His his gifts, not a shit. <laughs> Both. I mean, it's both for us too. I think it's becoming more mainstream because of Andrew Tate, and I like I haven't been following his his story super closely, but there is also like the other side of this, where it's detrimental, and it can be detrimental to the women to have like these these teachers spewing their opinions as fact. but like the other side of it, the demonization of of it as well because while I don't agree with everything that Andrew Tate has said what's happened to his business that I have followed is crazy insane he got like shut off in an instant by banking institutes, social media like there was like a committee that basically was like we're removing Andrew Tate from from his online presence and like shutting him down and it happened literally overnight and that's scary in and of itself I mean like Freedom of speech is still a thing. We may not agree right. with opinions, but like freedom of speech is still a thing, and that's a very scary precedence to be setting. and it was very public. and you won't you won't hear about it as much because you just kind of went away,
1: right? And I'm sorry, listeners, this is how my brain works. I am the meme that says storytelling goes from like A to Z to B to C to <laughs> so there's a one in there somewhere. like that is my brain, so I apologize. But I want to pause on the Andrew Tate. I do want to come back to that. But going back to what we were saying about, like, you know, our, our boys being naturally masculine, but the, the areas with this, again, I, I know I'm, it's going to come up every single episode, but polarity is the pendulum swing, right? Like, totally. what might be considered feminine led societies, going back to my history lesson, to me, those are balanced societies. It's an acknowledgement that there are, generally speaking, some inherent differences between men and women. And those gifts, when expressed differently, come up with a equal but balanced society in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways, right?
0: And so Mm -hmm. going
1: back to the way that we were saying, this is an energy thing, right? But these men are trying to teach it through words. The issue is that you're going to attract a lot of men who grew up in potentially abusive households, possibly abusive by their mothers, right? Or by women in their lives, that are then seeing this and saying, this is the flag I needed. This is what I've always believed to be true. Like I need to be listened to, which is not the right energy, right? That's coming from a need to prove something, which is not a masculine energy. The masculine does not need to prove the masculine is. That's something Mm -hmm. true of all energy. Energy doesn't Mm -hmm. need to prove, energy is. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, if you're coming from this and then you have that combined with the fact that as a society, girls are still generally speaking raised to be quiet, to be more submissive, to be more placating, to be people pleasers, that is the large majority of people that I have experienced in these groups. They are placating people pleasing women that are desperate to earn the approval of these men and blame themselves for any problems that they're experiencing, which only gets then validated by men teaching that they're the problem. Mm-hmm. And they are going to, I'm sorry, they are going to attract abusers because they're also not in a proper headspace. And I'm not blaming the victim here by saying they're not in a proper headspace. I'm saying they are vulnerable to that because mm-hmm. they're putting themselves in a position where they're going to submit to any man in front of them. Because they're hot. Oh. And the majority of men are not being raised in what, you know, look around at our society. I'm sorry. Looking around at our society, the majority of men are not being raised to be loyal, forgiving, masculine men. And I'm not saying that that means they're all going to shoot up a place or they're all demented or whatever. I'm saying we all have our issues. I definitely have my own childhood issues. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you expect people to just be able to turn around after the ingrainment that they grew up with and this is the first kind of version of like, I don't, it's obviously not therapy, right? Mm-hmm. But if that, no, that's not the therapy. first version of a solution that people are finding. It's not solving anything. It's, em, it's emboldening their already potentially toxic beliefs, men and female. female well, it's species. definitely
0: coming from a wounded, wounded place. Wounded
1: space. Female saying I'm, it's wrong with me. Men saying it's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And that's how energy works. It's a magnet. Right. And not
0: every, there's a discernment too that, like, from my opinion, that not every man is worthy of your submission. A million. And that, and that discernment is not,
1: that's not being taught, being
0: discussed or
1: taught. Yes. Well, actually, scratch that. It is
0: because, Um,
1: but by female. (laughs) But by female. Okay. I was going to say, I've seen it sometimes in the comment threads, but it is so buried and it is not clear they are literally arguments saying straight up like from multiple male polarity teachers that essentially oh narcissism isn't a thing it's just you not being this (laughs) or next time you want to call a man a narcissist consider how you talk to him first like legitimately oh i know and yes Uh, i know this, this is another this is another where you were talking about like you know let's Let's bring it back a little bit to Andrew Tate and cancel culture, right? The same women in the spiritual business space that are generally the women that will rampantly say toxic masculinity, that will scream cancel culture for people like Andrew Tate, that will also say that they had everybody in their past was a narcissist, right? Like it is overused. I am not saying that Mm -hmm. it is. (laughs) Oh, totally. It is absolutely overused. Not everybody on the planet is a narcissist. We all have narcissistic tendencies, every single one of us.
0: Mm -hmm. but it's
1: a scale not everybody would rate as a narcissist so yes it's overused but to blanket statement say hey next time you think that you're with a narcissist maybe consider that you talk to him improperly yeah you don't have the tools terrifying i'm sorry (laughs) no shut that shit down
0: no no well and how that is like praised and in there's comments like this that are made that are just immediately just like super praised. I'm just like, what?
1: Does nobody see the red flags? with this? No, because they are the women attracted to the idea that there is still something wrong with them. So what's the shift for approval? What's the shift been with that? Because like I was raised,
0: I knew about a woman being submissive to her husband. Like from such a young, I don't even know. I was so young. Right. It's literally, it was like ingrained in me, you know? Right. Because I, I remember questioning like, how come women couldn't lead talks in the church? Like I grew up a Jehovah's witness, okay? So how come women can't lead talks? And like, because women should be at home and they're submissive to their husbands and, you know, they're the homemakers. And it, their role wasn't, at least this is how it was communicated to me. There was value in the role but quietly Mm -hmm. and it wasn't this like it wasn't praised in any sort of way you know the the being the submissive that so it's like
1: it wasn't praised it was expected
0: yeah exactly so what I mean kind of going to this like wounded conversation I mean you were raised in the and not like that exact same way but you definitely had like a woman's role as more like the traditional mindset, for sure. What's the needle mover that somebody goes from that to a polarity teacher? Is it just that we're we were unique in the fact that we had our like women's rights movement when we were both in high school? I have a story about this. My okay. moment of like freedom with it was a uh, you know I'd already like not doing the church thing. I had super long hair, okay, like mm-hmm. longer than it is now. And I, in a act of rebellion, went to the mall haircut place and I fucking chopped it all off. And I'm talking like chopped it all off. And I came running out with my ponytail to my mom, (laughs) picking me up in my hand, running with my ass long ponytail, running out to her and her, the look on her face (laughs) was just, and I felt so liberated. Yeah. And then I proceeded to like dye my hair pink and, you know, just like kind of went off the rails on like my independence and like Fuck the man, like yeah. air quote, air quote, man, you know, not necessarily men. And like that was the beginning of me just like finding myself. Yeah. Oh my God. By the way,
1: Gwen's teenage dirt photos are the best. Like <laughs> they're amazing. Like she needs to join that friend if there's still time because her, oh. her teenage dirt bake photos are my favorite.
0: I'm gonna post them in the group. So like if you if you wanna see them, go to like IwantTheT.com and
1: join and, our community.
0: It join our community because they're there. They're gonna be there.
1: So what's so funny is like, yes, me and Gwen both had our own like liberation movements. Mine did not look on the outside as though I was liberated in any way, shape, or form. But we had this conversation you and I the other week Mm -hmm. like I was considered like a socialist at the time in my high school and like like because my beliefs were considered so far liberal and granted I'm in the middle of Wisconsin hunter country yes Wisconsin votes blue but there are very red parts of the state right like Mm -hmm. it's you know I won't get political but like I was considered so much of like not Fitting in to this, mm-hmm. culture. and I think that you know, you asked how I got there too, or how we how we swing the needle back, right? Like, I wasn't raised in anything where it was ingrained in me to submit. But I watched my mom submit. My parents were both born in the fifties; they were born in that era of submission. Um, that definitely prevailed into like again an energy of how the household was raised. Anytime I spoke up against my dad, which started at a very early age, and I think that I I I can only take credit for that as my personality, right? Like same. I think a big part of it for both of us is just our personalities. I've always had a little bit more like fight and masculine in me. Right? And I think no matter what kind of household I would have been raised in, there might have been some differences, but that's like the whole nature versus nurture argument. I think yeah. a big portion of me is nature. And so like I was already going up against my dad, right? And I was finding my own many ways to rebel in a way that was the safest route. And so I was like, yeah, I was like I went through my social, you know, liberal women's movement in high school already that's what i was talking like before i could even vote is when i was the most angry about Sorry. these divisions in culture and the ways that like i felt out of control and and it and that's part of it too right but all the, all polarity movements stem from this need for control based on like mm-hmm. what we're going through but yeah i, I went through all that really early where i was just like in the ways that i fought that i was class president right like i was looking for a way to help there i was on yeah. like presidential committees where I got to talk to the principal and like try to make changes in the school I was active in the community I was secretary of environmental club which is again like this is why our teenager big photos are hilarious because all of mine are in these like clubs and groups right I was part of the new front club which was kind of like a hippie-ish type club of like beliefs and and movements and love and peace like
0: you yeah. want to know how I was doing this? Yeah. Like I was having freak, I was like going up against the elder in my congregation, my uncle. Yeah. I was like, oh my I was just like at family dinners, just like trying to tear down the like basis of the church by like, yeah. how come women can't do this? And I would never be accepted. Like I had my tongue pierced and you yeah. know, like I was like 16 and yeah. doing this. So it's so funny. You were doing it on such a like different like an academic type of an environment and I was just like trying to grab the bull by the horns with like the people within my family well it's funny you're talking about the nature part of it too like yeah I mean I wanted to be a boy yeah I literally was greasy all the time like I was raised under a car I had a toolbox like I had Barbies and dolls yeah like I took pride in my toolbox yeah you know what I mean like I wanted to be a race car driver like I grew up with, like, wanting to be a dude. <laughs> I'm so
1: glad that, like, I am a woman now. Like, Right. It got it with a different era. We won't even know her. But, yeah. I was very tomboyish as well in, like, the same ways. And what's funny is, like, so my relation to that would be, like, I never in- integrated these beliefs, even though I was surrounded by them, that, like, I couldn't be president. I was actually voted most likely to become president and I was so like I saw so many women on my timeline literally saying they were in tears that Kamala Harris was vice president and I literally couldn't relate I was like I don't mean my masculine I wanted to play football so bad so badly so so badly and I was a pips I've always been a pipsqueak I was not even five feet when I entered high school I was as under 100 pounds when I entered high school and my parents were always just like, you will get murdered. You will get murdered. And I was young for my grade two. So I wasn't 18 as a senior. I was 17 when I graduated. I turned 18 after. I can't so,
0: even but, imagine you
1: with pads on, like, so,
0: you know, yeah. football pads on. Like, I, always,
1: I always, like, that was my, right? Like, I was always, like, I always had just as many guy friends as girlfriends. Like, growing up in the country, you know, I brought home snakes and you know, I was around nature all the time. I was constantly climbing trees, getting bumped up, you know, playing outside, like rough and tumble. So that yeah. that's kind of the same. But like what saved me is because I was raised in a Lutheran church. And honestly, you know, all Christian teachings, which we can go into that maybe next, like all Christian teachings have some idea of being masculine led throughout the Bible. Throughout Absolutely. the Bible, it, it's talking about, you know, the female submits to her husband and it's very masculine led. And. I had all my arguments with the church then as a younger kid because, and this is somewhere where maybe it also benefits, like my dad, so the one who we had to submit to, he was an atheist growing up when we, when we were growing up because he was raised as a strict Catholic abused by nuns in a school, right? He had that opposite reaction and lots of women mm-hmm. in his life that he found to be abusive prior to this, again, goes into maybe modern mm-hmm. day cells and what could have been in different time frames. right? He wasn't an incel, but I'm just saying like, who knows what the time difference, what that would have looked like. But um, I didn't have to continue going to church after 14 then, because that was something that mattered to my mom. He let my mom handle it. I was having all those questioning conversations with my pastors, with my Sunday school teachers. Like I was always finding issue with the church when I was younger and nobody had answers for me. So I told my, I didn't want to continue going. My mom said, you're getting confirmed. Well, we get confirmed in the Lutheran religion at 14. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have to continue going after 14. So that's where I just like jumped into leadership or whatever with, within the school. And that Mm -hmm. made a difference as well, I'm sure. But we definitely shared those same fights. Mm -hmm. I think like you were wondering, you know, how to move the needle. I think the needle comes from like, we've both talked about like somewhere along the way, like with maturing. And I think it comes from a lot of like forgiveness from a lot of really finding yourself which can take a lot of unpacking and I feel like you and I are both naturally led to explore those whatever you want like I'm going to say shadow aspects but whatever you want to yeah. call it, any shadow aspects of yourself any of the any of the things that you did like bring back into yourself right because for both of us then in some ways I'm going to speak only for myself or try to because I just almost spoke for you but like uh, part of the reason that I needed to go through my own women's liberation movement is because I didn't feel safe around men, because I didn't feel safe around my dad. Totally, and, I 100% feel the same way. And that it, the only safe thing, and he also helped. He also actually helped encourage this too, because also if anything went wrong, it was my fault. You know, I could not outsource to anybody yeah. else, or I could not allow a group project yeah. to go on its own, because if I didn't get an A, that was unsafe. It was fault. That was my fault. Because I like, so it was like this, like needing to take over abundance of personal responsibility on top of growing up around somebody that felt incredibly unsafe that I knew I didn't agree with wholly that I knew made Mm -hmm. mistakes and wouldn't admit it. That like the only safe route for me to go even post high school was to be the most independent, self-sufficient woman, never asking for help that I could be like Mm -hmm. I pendulum swung as well. That was my pendulum, right? Like, oh, that's the same. I can't ask for any help. I've got to do this all on my own. If there's a man in my life, I almost, I almost treated him, right? Like you're the submissive. You're lucky to be here, right? Like if you're, if you're here, you better be helping because I don't have time for you not to be like, you better be contributing in some way.
0: Count your blessings. Count your blessings. That I've given you the time.
1: I don't need you. So Mm -hmm. goodbye, Mm -hmm. right? And that's something that polarity teaches as well. Like, um which is kind of funny, right? Like there's a phrase of like, oh, not needing a man is like super emasculating to him if you only want him. And in some ways that's one where I'm like, I get it because I wouldn't, I would never, ever have admitted I needed a man back then. It was only like, you're here because I want you to and I can get rid of you at any time, right? Like, and I'm, I do not in any way think that's healthy, but I'm saying that was- Like
0: super disposable type of a mentality
1: because because I I had I had taken on this idea but then yeah I don't know if it's like I think it's just been self-exploration lots of time and lots age, of age
0: maturity age which maturity, comes with all
1: that children right children are amazing teachers and yeah. and I think just kind of coming around to the like and experiencing then people that do make it safe right like I'm going to give a big shout out to somebody that, you know, I love. And like one of the mentors I would trust wholeheartedly to anybody, His name's Craig Gore. I worked with him for years. He is Mm -hmm. the exemplification of somebody that can really hold you in vulnerable places and allow it to be safe and allow you to find yourself and allow you to like really come out. Right. And, um, that's, I'm not even trying to plug him. I just can't say it without like giving him credit because that really was a if you know when we talked about like our turning points in the first episode what was like your line in the sand i can mm-hmm. really attribute like finally being seen being allowed to be seen and be held in a masculine presence i don't honestly think it's something a woman could have done for me because i needed proof from it
0: mm-hmm. by okay. the
1: exact by a representation of that which had harmed me or, or you know or that which i took as being harmful or that which i took as like making me who i was in the first place mm-hmm. you know And so for me, like that also helped turn things around. And I feel like it's just gotten stronger since then. And then it's also just, it is partially logical too, right? Like the more that you see, like, okay, well, of course it doesn't make sense that if both people are working, if there's issues around like, if the kids aren't being raised by the parents, if everybody's constantly blaming somebody else because everybody's exhausted and everybody's tired, if nobody's leading the ship, right? If there's just two battling like opinions the entire time, you can't get on the same page. And there's not somebody that's really taking control and leading the boat. Like, of course, divorce rates are going to be higher. Of course, children are going to be more traumatized. Of course, there's going to be more violence and, and I was just going to say everything in the world. Like, yeah. and that also logic also helps to come around and be like, okay, so what is the solution? And then it just, it does almost feel natural. Once you allow yourself to be safe, to be like, you and I both masculinize woman again making fun of that term but just saying it (laughs) when you when you are a business owner when you are holding so much responsibility when there is so much responsibility already and like raising proper kids and being there for them and and household duties which honestly my boyfriend does a lot of the household duties so not even making that like a a female-led thing but all of a sudden it feels so nice to be held it feels so nice to feel protected it feels so nice to let that guard down and those are all things that polarity preaches
0: Oh, it feels nice to be led. It feels nice to not have to to not have to make all the decisions to like let go of decision fatigue. Even like as simple as like it's such a joke because guys make fun of it all the time. Like my girl never knows what she wants to eat. Right, but like I can tell you that when it's like we're going here and we're eating this, or do you want this or this, and have like it feels so good to my system.
1: Yes, we're just like.
0: God, that's uh. so easy, you know? And we're like, I want that. I, I, yeah, deeply, deeply desire it. I respect it. I love it. My 16, 17, 18 year old self would probably be
1: like, what the fuck? Definitely. And what's, <laughs> but, but at this point, it's like, it's a beautiful thing. And what's funny is like, you know, we, we both went through this earlier, right? My sister's actually older than me. My sister's in her, like, she's starting to come out of it, but she's more in her women's limb movement now, you know, but she also didn't handle anything as a child. Her, mm-hmm. I was always fight. She was more so flight, right? Those were mm-hmm. our survival tactics. She ran away from it. So mm-hmm. like at some point it catches up with you and then you have to fight it. Then if she was exposed yeah. to this kind of world, she would definitely be attracted to the cancel cult. Like she's not as she, because she's not as ingrained as much, she's not participating in this as much. Yeah, It's definitely the cancel culture. Definitely the toxic masculinity conversations definitely all that stuff 100 mm-hmm. percent. you know so it's also just your exposure to this shit and the problem mm-hmm. is a lot of us have found this space during vulnerable times which we've talked about right like i feel
0: right? like that's how you find this space That's
1: how you find this space so you find it at the wrong vulnerable time which for most people is any vulnerable time right mm-hmm. you're gonna get yeah. to up in whatever movement matches that at the moment oof I feel like that needs to be like a quote someplace.
0: Like, honestly, it's that's some deep shit, Katie. And it's true. Got a quote
1: for our episode. <laughs> Put that on Instagram.
0: Where do we go from
1: here? We could talk mm. about the fact of how different there's Christian polarity too, but they call it, they generally call it something different. Just like, just like the feminine women that you know that teach polarity, they don't focus on polarity.
0: They call mm-hmm. it like
1: feminine something, right? And- I
0: feel like the guys, honestly, like, Look, maybe this isn't a conversation we want to like have aired a kind of... Maybe it is. I feel like that's its own episode. Okay. I really feel like we start getting into like the religious aspect of it. We can go pretty deep. I have a lot of opinions actually on like the religious side of the polarity. And then we definitely need to save it. There's a lot to be said with that. One thing that we haven't touched on and... Maybe we actually touch on this as like the yeah. kink side. I feel like look, my mom. I have to tell you this. Okay. Sorry, mom. You're sorry. She's like, what's a Yodi egg? Oh. And I was just like, oh mom. And she and I'm just like, I swear not every episode's gonna be about like sex or like weird shit. And yet <laughs> I talked about <laughs> fucking yourself with the crystal dildo. And now I'm talking about the kink of. Fr- and polarity teachings and the BDSM and right. <laughs> Sorry, Mama.
1: Whoops. Oopsie. It's such a big part of the space, though. You can't just that aspect. Like, so I don't know how that. I, like, I I honestly haven't been in it enough to know how much it relates to how many of the polarity teachers out there. But I know that it relates. Me, well, to and there's you no know statistics now. on it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because, like, I was like, are there any stats on this? And I started like looking you know I was kind of going down my wormhole there's nothing
1: well I'm sure it's hard to measure because a lot of people aren't necessarily going to talk about it too and even there is a lot of talk about it there are a lot of people that are completely open but let's be real this was still this is still something that's very underground for more mainstream people as well I can't really talk about it because I don't know enough I've just I guess like I can't either you know this would be a good
0: tea time find somebody who actually is like in it Mm-hmm. Because I'm not in the BDSM world, like nope, at I all never have been. So I can't. And, yeah, never never have been. And like everybody talks about like doming, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the people who I know who talk about doming the most are women. Mm-hmm. And there's like the stereotype of like the man in control that wants to just submit as well. Is that an emasculated man, or is that actually a dominant man? where does that fit into this?
1: And maybe, I mean, it's weird to call that aspect balance because I don't feel I need that in my life to be balanced, but exactly how we were just saying, you know, it's considered more of a feminine trait to, to be nurtured, like nurturing and all that other stuff Mm -hmm. and care, which is why when our man like maybe makes decisions for us that we agree to, or, or Mm -hmm. feel involved with, or like takes care of us, or we feel like we have a protector, that's all very nurturing to us. That's all very caring for us, but the way that they Mm -hmm. express this but maybe exactly how we were saying, like, you know, we we're more balanced with the masculine and feminine energies within us. Maybe that's the same thing, you know, like maybe it's just their one moment to be like, hey, I'm still directing the show, but I now want to be submissive. Like I just want to experience not having the reins for a second. Maybe that's actually balance in a weird way. I don't know. I can't speak to I, it. I I can't either. I mean. I guess
0: I can speak to it in the sense that, like I said, you know, I run my businesses and like, I make decisions for clients. I make decisions for myself and I'm constantly like leading Yeah, that when I'm not in that role, it's very nice to just be led and not have to make the decisions and really just like surrender. So I guess I can understand that because there's a bit of that with even within myself of when I shut off my computer for the night and I'm done with client calls that I just want to be like, Sigh. Yeah. And do some like, and just like be a mom and Absolutely. like do shit around the house. Then like not have to like hold it. Right.
1: It needs to be a tea time. All right, guys, here's what we decided. Second <laughs> episode for the Christian aspect of clarity and tea time for like the kink episode, if we can find someone, if you know someone, or if you are someone who wants to be on the tea time, which, um by the way, if we haven't mentioned this enough, it happens inside our community on Facebook, which is what you go to when you go to I want the tea.com. So if you want to join yep. I want the tea.com, we're planning them on Tuesdays following the episode releases. um But yeah, I think we decided kink needs to happen on tea time because you and I can't speak on that at all because I'm just,
0: I'm not yeah. in that world. I'm not, in I'm, I'm very curious. Opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious. I have lots of questions. No shame at all. All right. We've got a plan. All right. Sounds good. Till next time. Till next
1: time. Bye. Bye. If you want to stay a fly on the wall for future conversations, remember to hit subscribe to stay in the loop.
0: For those looking to spill the tea, head on over to Iwantthetea.com and join the discussion. I'm Gwen. And I'm Katie. See you around.